Well, I can tell you the top three, uh, the United States, India, and Mexico, right? Yep, spot on. <laughs> so the U.S. is number one. It's growing out of compounded annual growth rate over the next four years of 11.8%, followed by India, which is slightly below that, then Mexico at 11.7%. Retail Unwrapped is a weekly podcast hosted by Robin Lewis and Shelley Cohan from The Robin Report. Each episode dives into the latest trends and developments in the retail industry. Join them as they discuss interesting topics and interview industry leaders, keeping you in the loop with everything retail. Hi, everybody, and uh, thanks for joining our weekly podcast. I'm Robin Lewis, founder and CEO of The Robin Report. And along with my podcast partner, Shelley Cohan, uh, we're happy to present you today with some really interesting stuff. So, Shelley, when did we start hearing and even begin saying, actually, that we are overstored? Retail saturation or oversaturation, too much stuff. <laughs> I'll tell you when, and even today we get eye rolls on that one, but I'll tell you when. It was almost a quarter of a century ago. Um, then, you know, I mean, think about that. Then add to those statements, which were really of shock value, even though you can't measure digital by number of square feet of space. Back in 2010, when my co-authored book uh, came, was published, uh, The New Rules of Retail, uh, we sourced from PricewaterhouseCooper that there was 24 square feet of physical retail space for every man, woman, and child in the United States. 24 square feet. In 2023, CoStar says there were 54.3 square feet. Wow, that's unbelievable. I know, I know, when you think about it, crazy. And, of course, a little over a decade ago, the early days of e-commerce, and now, can we say we are over-websited as well? <laughs> I think yes is the answer, because by any measure, Shelley, you know this, all we have to do is look around, wherever you are, as well as your mobile phone, and there's a store on every corner and thousands more across the globe, just a key tap away. Oh, man. So, you know, what is overstored, over-websited, and too much stuff? What does it tell us? The good news and the bad news. The good news, capitalism is alive and well. True. Produce, produce, and produce, and sell, sell, sell. So producers are happy and growing. And consumers are buy, buy, and buy. And they're happy. But then, Shelley, the bad news and getting worse, the pie, so to speak, the markets are not getting any bigger. If they are, it's very, very slow. While producers are and faster and faster. And therefore, um, you know, you, you must steal market share from competitors. 
And a big part of doing that is obviously to lower prices Mm. and get into what I've been saying for a long time, the race to the bottom, which is price promoting like crazy. Bad news for consumers is, you know, while they're getting high on consumption addiction, they have to find storage bins for a monthly fee to stuff all of the, well, stuff that they don't really need or use. So at the end of the day, the really bad news, Shelley, is when does it stop before our planet can't take any more of the waste of the things not really needed. So, Shelley, <laughs> this rather dark opening, which certainly doesn't surprise you, um, wh- where do we want to start on this subject? Yeah, well, I think we should start with the growth of e-commerce. I mean, this is where yeah. our kind of virtual <clears throat> consumerism has not stopped. <clears throat> And if you look at the worldwide e-commerce sales, they will grow by 9.4% this year. And next year, it will slow. And I use the word slow because it's still accelerated to 8.6%. This is according to eMarketer. So global e-com sales are 19.5% of total retail sales. And by 2027, that number will become 23%. Wow. And guess Guess, Robin, here's your guess. Guess what country is driving the highest increase in e-com sales over the next few years? Well, I can tell you the top three, uh, the United States, India, and Mexico, right? Yep, spot on. (laughs) So the U.S. is number one. It's growing out of compounded annual growth rate over the next four years of 11.8%, followed by India, which is slightly below that, then Mexico at 11.7%. And just for a frame of reference, China is at 10%. Yeah, wow. So in the U.S., there's one dominating player, obviously, Amazon, who really kind of fueled um, its own growth from day one uh, when the company was launched. That's right, Robin. Amazon is 37% of e-com sales in the U.S. Incredible, yeah. Followed by Walmart, which has really tried to keep up, you know, the pace with Jassy, but it sits at only 6% of the market share, and all the others fall around 3% or less. But the real growth in e-commerce is coming from two areas, areas, mobile addiction, so using the mobile uh, devices to purchase items on the internet, on social media, and marketplaces, marketplaces. Yeah, yeah, marketplaces. You know, Amazon uh, built its online business from marketplaces, really, and um, what we call third-party sellers. And it's a well-known fact that Amazon does not make its money from selling stuff, right? Profits are generated from the revenues of its web services and advertising um, that IT sells uh, to its marketplace partners. In 2022, the marketplace accounted for nearly, get this, Shelley, 87% of Amazon's e-commerce sales growth. Wow. That's according to eMarketer. So, 
you know, Walmart followed the Amazon lead and began its marketplace in 2009. And, of course, that was less than a decade after it launched its own e-commerce platform. Well, and remember, Walmart's marketplace really stepped up its third-party sellers coming out of the pandemic. So if you look at, you know, marketplace Walmart pre-pandemic, they had about 25,000 sellers. By 2021, they more than tripled that. And today, Walmart has over 150,000 partners on its marketplace. Wow. So the U.S. retail marketplace e-commerce sales, they're growing by 10.2%. That's just in the U.S. market. And year over year in 2023... Uh, there are going to be 385 billion. So, wow, this represents about a third of total retail e-commerce sales. Well, you know, also Shelley, and like Amazon, Walmart generates huge revenue with um, with its retail media network. In effect, it's almost like advertising agency. <laughs> anyway, now at about three billion dollars and growing to a projected $4 billion by the end of this year and $6 billion by the end of next year. Um, and this is a data from Statista and eMarketer. Right. So they have all these marketplaces, and then they sell the partners the advertising space. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so we, we have these big titans. We have Amazon and Walmart, and we have the newcomer, which is creating more crowded e-tail space, and that's Timu. Oh, boy. Yeah. Timu spent so much <laughs> money advertising in the Super Bowl. I think, Shelly, they ran, I think, five or six ads at $7 million a pop. That's $7 million for 30-second commercial. So I know you watch the Super Bowl. Um, what did you think of the ads? Well, here's what I can tell you. I mean, I think a lot of consumers didn't understand the ads. So as they were watching the ads, they're asking themselves, is this a shopping app? Is this a game? Is this something in the metaverse? You know, but the advertising campaign was highly successful because it did what it was meant to do, which is drive awareness. So after the Super Bowl, there were 124 million searches for Timu after <laughs> all these ads run. So I would say, yeah, they drove awareness, certainly. And Timu is also the most downloaded app in the U.S., beating out TikTok and wow. ranks number one worldwide. So if you look at 2023, Timu had over 120 million downloads, and which is then which is then followed by Shein, which has slightly yep. less at $36 million. So Timu has three times the amount that of downloads than Shein has. And then you have Little Amazon, and you don't hear me say this little. much, Little Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're sitting in the third spot with a small, <clears throat> joke, joke, $23 million tied neck and neck with Walmart. This is all according to Statista, but... Many Americans already have the Amazon app. It has its, you know, 170 million prime members, which may explain why it's third place ranking in terms of downloads. And uh, by the way, Robin, I don't know if you know this, but Timu means team up price down. That's what Timu stands for. 
And wow. it was founded by 43-year-old Chinese billionaire Calling Hong, hence the tagline, which is brilliant, I think, shop like a billionaire. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, you've heard that. They're, get, they're getting that messaging out for sure. And here's a fun fact, Robin. Guess who the target market is for Timu in the United States? Oh, boy. Here we go again. Uh, well, if I had to guess, I would have to say that uh, the young millennials and Gen Zers, just because everything new seems to be originated by young consumers today. But but since you're asking me this question, Shelley, I'm going to flip to say <laughs> baby boomers. I think Timu does a lot of advertising on Facebook, No. Good, good instinct. You know, I was trying to get you set up there, Robin. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Gen X and baby boomers shop more frequently on Timu than the younger shoppers. Uh, this was in 2023. Well, you know, also, there's been a lot of criticism about Timu, similar to Shein, uh, which is, of course, the incredibly fast growing brand uh, today. However, low quality goods. And why low, low, and lower pricing? Talk about race to the bottom, Shelley. When we talk about the overstored marketplace stored with too much stuff, the low-quality goods have a more dramatic impact on the earth in terms of how products are produced and how short the lifespan is of these products. You know, it's 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 really like a constant cycle of low cost production and low priced goods. And of course, and, and add to these issues, Shelley, most goods from Timu are shipped from China directly to consumers, which of course further impacts uh, the environmental footprint. So Timu is not only competing with the Amazons and Sheans of the world, but they are impacting the extreme value retailers like the dollar stores or five below. Well, here, yeah. here's some news. Here's a news flash. It's going to get even more competitive as Timu is about to open up. You know <clears throat> what I'm going to say here, Robin? They're going to open up a marketplace for U.S. sellers. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, there you go. And that's happening like soon, like this month, next month. So in your opener, you talked about this overstored e-tail space, e-commerce. And in the past few years, some big players have come in to compete with the likes of Amazon and Walmart, Timu, Shein. And we cannot overlook the impact of social commerce either directly or indirectly with TikTok. Bloomberg mm. just reported that ByteDance, who's the owner of TikTok, is putting resources, so time, money, and effort into building out its e-com business with projections to hit $18 billion, billion in gross merchandise value this year. That's substantial. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah, you know, Walmart um, just crossed over the $100 billion mark for e-commerce sales uh, this past year. So, you know, when you look at the top e-commerce businesses, and what is going uh, to happen, as sure as the nose on my face, <laughs> as it always does, in a perpetually growing bubble of stuff and competition, 
you know, the low-hanging fruit, so to speak, is more and more price-promoting. It is easier to do that than the hard chore of uh, innovating and differentiating and increasing value. You know, as for e-com, it, it, it really has always been kind of a price-comparative marketplace, but the pricing focus will only intensify because of this ever-growing, growing, growing mountain of stores and stuff and websites. Yeah, and it's interesting that, you know, you said earlier we can't put a square footage number on, you know, the internet and stores in the internet, but certainly, and before we close, I have to mention, not to add more fuel to the fire, but generative AI is going to have a profound effect on marketplace growth. So they're going to be delivering higher levels of personalization in search applications. They're going to be using generative AI uh, to negotiate deals with partners. This is exactly what Walmart is doing. The yep. generative AI will help with chatbots, customer service, content creation, product descriptions, data analytics, and on and on and on. So that's just going to fuel <clears throat> more growth for marketplaces. And one more thing, I feel like Steve Jobs, you know, and one more <laughs> thing, <laughs> right. we, we we have not even talked about content creators. So oh, yeah. Walmart recently added content creators to its marketplace. So the only good thing in this context is that typically content creators are often not about price, but about curating the best assortment for their for the content creator's audience. So we really should have a podcast on this topic. Yeah, Shelley, you know, you're right. I mean, content creators... Um, in fact, the modern definition, I think, of content creation and creators, um, I think it may very well spark, hopefully, the beginning of the end of, of compulsive consumption and the never-ending cycle of more stores and, and stuff. It's kind of like quality of life over quantity. I mean, the potential of curating to each individual. And I think you're right about AI. I think it can push us closer to that. And of course, at the end of the day, fewer landfills, less ocean dumpings, a cleaner environment, Shelley. Well, that's a Pollyanna in me. <laughs> Usually I'm the Pollyanna. Well, Thank you to our listeners for supporting our podcast. Please share with your friends and colleagues, link in with us, and mention our Retail Unwrapped podcast in your social media. And I want to thank everybody again for joining us. And as I do every week, if any of you have a topic that you would like Shelly and I to cover, um, just send me an email to robin at therobinreport.com. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to Retail Unwrapped. We'll be back in one week with another podcast. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcast service. If you have questions, ideas for a podcast, or anything else, please contact us via therobinreport.com.